The Murray State Basketball Podcast is brought to you by the Murray Flower Company. If you're in Callaway County and need flowers, the best place to go is the Murray Flower Company. Whether you're celebrating a new arrival, the life of a loved one, or any point in between, the Murray Flower Company has you covered. Visit them on the square in Murray at 403 Maple Street or online at murrayflowercompany.com. Welcome into the Murray State Basketball Podcast, the ride home edition after Murray State's breathtaking, heart attack inducing, any other adjective descriptor you want to slap on it, 83-82, hang on for dear life, but get out of Dodge with a win tonight over Belmont in a night where things are shaken up in a big, big way in the Missouri Valley Conference, which we will get to uh, in just a minute. But my gracious, what a basketball game. As just, it's always this way with these two, isn't it? It's just always this way. It's going down to the end. And how many times in the now... 11 years that these two have been going at it. How many times has the shot at the horn gone in by Belmont? And tonight, it just didn't. And the racers dodge a huge bullet as it looked like for a while... They had a shot to kind of coast home easy. And even when it got tight-ish down the stretch, that final minute, time and time again, opportunities to put this thing away, and they just didn't. And Ben Shepard, already with 35 points on the night. Again, it's Kenny White at the free throw line, misses the front end, up one with six seconds left. And it was like the worst possible scenario for Murray as the ball kind of squirts out to Jacoby Gillespie, who then gets it to Ben Shepard on the dead run. And they're now on a run out for a layup at the horn to win it. And Murray able to just get enough bodies around him. Jacoby Wood challenging him at the rim. And Ben Shepard just just short-armed it from three feet and front rimmed it and that was it and the racers get out of there 83 82 uh it was a wild final minute which we will circle back to but i think there were so many superlatives from this game and from this team you can't overly fixate on the one shepherd was bananas tonight again 35 he goes for, let me see, let me get the numbers. 12 of 21 from the field, 6 of 11 from 3, made all five of his free throws, had nine rebounds, 35 minutes, one turnover, 35 points. I mean, he was spectacular. And he came out smoking. First five and a half minutes of the game, get to the first media timeout, he had 11 but especially in the early going. Brian Moore, who if did nothing else today, 
was able to somehow sidestep the Bidwell jinx. Comes on this podcast, you would have thought it was teed up for him to have like a 1-for-14 game from the field. Instead, he ends up with 25 tonight. 38 minutes. 10 of 14 from the field. Two gigantic threes in the second half. Six rebounds, five assists, couple of steals. He was great tonight as he continues to be great since Christmas. Every night just feels like one more after another. Just piling these games one after another. Uh, just just a spectacular uh, performance from him. Kenny White. You know, missed the free throw late. He had 14 tonight, had six rebounds, couple of block shots in 33 minutes. Uh, was assertive, two for two from three, which for Kenny, as we have well documented his struggles from three-point range, uh, he was really good offensively, aggressive, got to the rim, uh, was able to lay it in a couple of times uh, and do some contact and finish. Uh, he he was a uh, really solid contributor uh, tonight. Uh, Rob Perry, just some big shots. He had 13. DJ Burns had 12 and 7. Racers go 8 for 15 tonight from three-point range. 8 for 15. That is... If we excuse the Lindsey Wilson game, where they went 9 for 15, that is the only game this season they have been better than 50% from three-point range. Only one. And they needed them all tonight. They needed them all. With that said, this is also a team that shoots 74% from the free throw line. Tonight, they shot 50 And worse, they were 3 of 10 from the line in the second half, including multiple misses in the final minute, which could have helped ice this game. Uh, It was, for all the games this year that they have just shot the lights out from the line, I mean, it was just like, again, Missouri State, 21 of 24, Indiana State, 28 of 33, Bradley, 20 of 24. I mean, just so good. And then just 7 of 14 tonight. Uh, By far, as I go back, yeah, by far the worst. Chicago State, they were 12 of 21. That that would have been their second worst percentage night of the year compared to tonight. But with all that said, they got out of Dodge and got the win. Uh, Let's see. I'm just trying to race through my notes here. You know, again, Belmont comes out, they're they're just making everything in the beginning. And you're like, oh boy, this is going to be one of those nights. But between Brian Moore early, between DJ Burns early, they had six early, kind of Moore gets an and one, Kenny hits a three, they've tied the game at 20. And then Murray goes on this a little 11-3 run. They get up eight, which I had Rob with a heat check three. Rob Perry, you know, heat. You don't have to ask him twice to take the heat check three. I can't remember many this year that he's just in transition. Like, you know what? I'm I'm pulling from 25. He got that. 
Place was rocking. By the way, 5,200 there tonight. Uh, ultimately, more than I would have expected with the weather that it was. So, And the people that made it, kudos to you. It was a great environment in there. Certainly got better as the game went on. We, you know, We reached a few points, officials and so on as is usually the case in these Belmont games where it takes very little, you know, where you get that collective agitation from the crowd. And and then it was like, all right, game on. Students were great. Just a, It was a great – it was disappointing that the weather kept that from being 7,000 people in there tonight. But for the 52 that were there, it was it was really good. It was really good. Um, let's see, I had late in the first half, Kenny White with a, a no, 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 yes, great shot, three – uh, as Murray's up 49-43. The thing that was, that was, you know, if you watched the game without, you know, if, if this was 1991 and there was no score bug on the screen and you were just watching it, you'd have thought Belmont was rolling. Because they go nine for 18 from three in the first half. And if you're like, you've seen this movie, you're just like, boy, that's, I mean, that's a lot. Just felt like every time, everything they were throwing up was going in. But for them to be 9 of 18 and down 6, you're like, okay. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for because, you know, that we've seen so often where it's like they're 3 for 18 and they're down 6 and you're like, well, they're due to hit some shots. Well, I'm like, they're 9 for 18. They're due to miss. So it just felt like there was there were opportunities there for, uh, you know, some some regression on their part. And then you see right out of the jump, Murray, who we have seen time and time again this year, just come out of the locker room just flat. I mean, how many times has the other team come out and gone on a quick 6-0, 8-0 run out of the locker room? Tonight, it's Murray that scores the first two buckets. Get a shot clock violation, force a missed shot for Belmont. They come down, bucket, bucket, up 10. And uh, Casey Alexander has to call timeout. It's 53-43 with, with 18.35 left, and... And you're like, okay, long way to go, but that was a heck of a start out of the locker room. Brian Moore, again, 25 tonight. I think the thing, and again, he hit those massive threes, but the part of his game, the 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 three levels, you know, he can finish at the rim. We have seen that. Tonight, made a couple threes. That is not, you know, that that's not generally his game. As I pull this up real quickly here, Brian Moore. I mean, he's up to 30%. A little bit of that has been, you know, lately. You know, the last four games where he has gone, uh, let's see, four for eight. So, I mean, before that, he was two for 12. So, for tonight, for him to go three for three, it's like, all right, now you really have to respect him. But the But the second level that he scores at, that 15-foot jumper from the wing, sometimes he hits it straight up. Sometimes it's a little bit of a fadeaway, a little turnaround. It is – there are guys on this team that have certain just go-to spots that are just automatic. And for Brian Moore, we have seen him pull that one out of the toolbox lately. It has been it has been so, so good. And uh, that is – that has just become such a weapon uh, for him. I thought a huge key to the game, you know, again, they're up 10. They're kind of, the game got sloppy for a little bit for a few minutes in between sort of that 16 to 12 uh, portion of the game. Obviously, DJ Burns picks up his 
second. He picked up part of a double technical. Gets his, So that's his third foul with 12.42. And then 28 seconds later, he picks up his fourth foul. And it's 61.55 with 12.14 to go. And DJ's got to go to the bench. I love DJ Burns. I have I have expressed my love for him for two years. I love how he plays. I love the emotion that he brings. I love I love all of it. I don't think it is speaking out of school to just say that his emotion this year has gotten him into a little bit of trouble. And it feels like there is a point with him where he has, for whatever reason, taken it upon himself to be essentially not only the emotional leader for this team, but also an enforcer of sorts. And so what has happened numerous times this year now, I mean, obviously, he was in the middle of everything at SIU. Just, I mean, off the top of my head, the thing at SIU, the, you know, there was that half skirmish against Chicago State back at the time. There was that pregame situation up against, um, you know, again, Tulsa. Was that Tulsa? The last game in Myrtle Beach. Um, and I know there have been other instances. And, and there's a lot of those times, 100% to his credit, he's coming in to protect his guys. He's not going to let anybody mess with his dudes. And he is going to get in there, and he's going to stick his nose in. But I think what has happened is it's just like there has been some over-aggressiveness in whether he's defending himself or defending teammates where it's just like it's a half-beat too much. And tonight, that half-beat too much got him a technical, which got him a foul that ultimately it was like he couldn't really, the team couldn't afford him to have. And that was especially the case when two minutes later when it appears that Jamari Smith re-aggravated his, his shoulder issue, which is something he's dealt with all year. Because he checked out of the game with 10 minutes to go, and he never came back. So you've got him out with an apparent injury. you got DJ out with four fouls, with one of those that's self-inflicted. And so now you're having a ride with Kenny White and, your, and, and, and Sam Murray who gave them a great spark in limited minutes tonight, got a couple of dunks, got the crowd going. I mean, was he was busting his butt like always. But it's just like DJ's just got to be able to rein that in a little bit. And, and Marcus Brown said as much after the game. It's like he doesn't help us. He can't get any rebounds when he's sitting next to us. I love the passion. I love the energy. I love all of it. It's just... That meter that's, you know, throttled at an eight or a nine, it's like, gotta get it to like a seven and a half. Play with the emotion, but just play under control. And that's, I think, something that's gotten a little bit away a little bit this year. Again, I, I don't know. I, I did not um I, I listened to about eighty percent of the postgame uh radio show with with Kenny and Neil uh, on the ride home. I do not know um what happened specifically with uh, with Jamari Smith. Uh, how much of it was a coach's decision? How much of it was an injury? I don't know if there was an injury. Like, I, this is all, it's all hearsay. So you all, by the time you hear this, may know 100% what happened to him, and I'm just ignorant to what happened. But uh, we will try to have a, a full answer 
uh, when we have uh, our next podcast uh, coming up uh, on later on Thursday. Um, and that was so again, DJ gets his fourth and he goes to the bench at 61.55 with 12.14 to go. And next thing you know, in like two and a half minutes, boom, Braun gets a dunk for, and, and Belmont suddenly up 63-62. And now it's, you know, and then they, they start kind of tacking on a little bit. And I believe they got up five again, 67-62, if, if my math is right. And it's just, it's teetering. I mean, you're like, gosh, they were up 10 and it's just teetering. And that is when just for a team that could not make a three to save their life this year, hit some of the biggest ones of the year. And it'll be interesting, you know, give this give this game a couple of weeks to breathe, circle back around and look at it. Belmont didn't help themselves either in this process, but they miss a layup. Rob Perry comes down, basically just kind of puts his shoulder down to create a little space. Belmont dude goes flying. There's no call. He's got all day, set the laces, knock down the three. Belmont turns it over. It's now 67 all at the under seven. Kenny White gets an and one. Um, Ben Shepard scored again to put him back up to. See, Rob, another transition three that was wide open that looked like it was going to bring the house down. He missed that one. So Murray's still down two with five minutes left. But then Brian freaking Moore. Murray comes down. Remember that five on two? It was like it was like bowling pins. All the Belmont guys are falling down on their end after they missed a layup. Murray comes down on a five on two. Jacoby Wood looked like he got sort of overcommitted to the to the baseline drive and hung up. Kicks it out to a wide open Moore. He hits the three. Murray goes up 75-73. Belmont scores to tie it. They come right down. Moore hits another three. So now it's 78-75 going to the final media with two and a half. Belmont was so good tonight coming out of timeouts. Just so good. And they got some just wide open. They they spread you out. They pull that that the the goalie essentially away from the rim. And they just get they just get uncontested layups. And we saw that time and time again. And they also get wide open threes. And that was one that Murray was very lucky with coming out of that final media. Shepard missed the wide open three. Moore hits the baseline jumper to go up five. It's 80-75 with a buck 45 left, and you think this thing is done. And then it just turned into just these painful free throw chronicles of, you know, Jacoby Wood, who again had a spectacular night of eight points, eight rebounds, eight assists, no turnovers, 39 minutes. But it was like, but he missed the front end. And then Gillespie missed, so Wood's going to come back, makes one of two, 83-80, to go. Foul Gillespie, 6.7, he makes both, it's 83-82, get it in. And again, Kenny missed the front end, and then Shepard missed the one at the horn. It was, it was a wildly dramatic, <laughs> that final minute was just like, what is happening? If this team has had a strength all season long, it has been we make free throws. And tonight, I mean, 74%, I mean, their, their top 
90 in the country. You know, it doesn't seem great, but I mean, again, national average, 71%. Murray's at 74. It was, it was there. And it just got, it just felt like it was like, if this thing gets away, this is going to be one you're going to kick yourself forever about. But now you can turn your attention. Eight days ago, Steve Prohm said, screw the race. Talking about the loss at Southern Illinois. That he's like, we needed this win for us tonight. Screw the race. Screw the standing. Screw the all of it. He's like, we just needed this win and yada, yada. Well, since then, the racers, for the first time since January 1st and January 4th, have won back-to-back games. January 17th at Belmont. That was the start of that eight-game trek where they were going to play the teams above them, you know, in that top pack in the Missouri Valley. I said, boy, if you can get to four and four, you feel like you've done all right. Well, they lost to Belmont that first night, beat Indiana State at home, lose the tight one at SIU, beat Missouri State, beat Belmont. They are three and two with three to go. They have they have held their own at this point, winning at home. Now they they've got to find a way to get some on the road. They have to. Seven to go, four left on the road. They don't have a home win or home. They don't have a road win since Evansville, which was New Year's Day one month ago. They have lost four straight on the road since. They will get their next chance Saturday at Indiana State. And then it's home for Drake on the road at Bradley before the schedule certainly lightens up those last two weeks. But we are now in a situation. Tonight was bananas in the Missouri Valley. Murray wins 83-82. Missouri State beats Valpo 76-67 in overtime. Illinois State beats UIC 68-62 in overtime. Drake beats Northern Iowa 88-81 in double overtime. Indiana State pulls away in the second half over Evansville 83-65, and Bradley beats Southern Illinois 62-52 in Peoria. So you're up to the moment, Missouri Valley standings. We now have eight teams separated by one game, the top of the pack. SIU, Drake, Belmont, and Bradley all at 9-4. and four. Murray State, Missouri State, Indiana State, Northern Iowa tied for fifth at 8-5, and five, one game back. God bless this league. What a final three and a half weeks this is going to be. And what a the 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 absolute sprint to get one of those top four seeds and and avoid having to play on opening night in St. Louis. The racers. So the four teams in front of the pack right now. SIU they lost twice by a total of 10 points. They lost at Drake. Uh, in a game they, they did not play well. But they've beaten Belmont. 
They have beaten Bradley. Two teams that are tied for first. Uh, They are very much in the hunt right now. And how much they continue to be in the hunt will just be of their seven remaining games and the four road games, how many of those road games can they go get? But right now, they'll worry about that later. Next up Saturday, Indiana State tonight, 83-82 winner over Belmont. A huge win for Steve Prohm and a huge win for this racer program. Tomorrow, we will we will try to get an update on uh, Jamari Smith and his shoulder. See if that is just one of those, just one of those nights. If if that is the case of what happened, kind of just popped out situation, and he'll be get some therapy and be ready to go this weekend. Uh, hopefully, uh, that is the case. But for now, thirteen and ten overall, eight and five in the o, in the uh, OVC. Old habits die hard. Thirteen and ten overall, eight and five in the Missouri valley conference racers one game back that is all for this edition of the ride home podcast thanks for listening to the murray state basketball podcast as always if you haven't done so already you can subscribe apple spotify google wherever you find your podcasts have a wonderful rest of your evening and we will talk to you on Thursday.